The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. It's the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Paul Wanza and Dan Menzel with you on a beautiful Wednesday. The weather's been great this week. Men's, how are you? I'm going extremely well. A little bit sleep-deprived, Bonds, but uh, I'm going extremely well after Australia last night. Well, it was the big show. It was Glenn Maxwell. Let's just listen. Kick off the show with the final balls. A six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here's on their feet. And Maxwell hits it high. Can it make it? It does make it. Glenn Maxwell. Unbelievable. The most remarkable thing you'll probably ever see in cricket. Staggering. Absolutely mind-blowing. What a win. And he should not have to walk off the park. He should be carried off. Unbelievable, Glenn Maxwell, and uh, beautifully called by SEN's own Ian Smith. Um, how, like you, you actually like I didn't sit up and watch it. I went to sleep at at, uh, at the break, but you sat up and watched it all from Gateway. No, I did. It's uh, it was astonishing to watch it live, and if you haven't caught up with what happened. I actually wrote down a couple of the points throughout the night thinking just in case we somehow get this done, which we were no chance. I'm going to have a couple of interesting points I'd like to talk about. So I wrote this down, the major moments in the chase. I wrote this down live, and this was 7 for 101 we were, and there was a DRS moment, Glenn Maxwell. uh, It got got given uh, out, got taken. He took it upstairs, and uh, the worry was, or the concern was, for them to overturn it was that it pitched outside leg. Yes. And so Maxwell was hoping, oh, I thought live, nah, he's, he might be all right here. This is pitched just outside leg. They show it and it pitches inside leg. So it pitches in the red line. In line yeah. And then it hits him and he starts walking off because he's clearly out. Like I just thought, okay, this is the game over. I can turn it off now. And then they show and it's bounced over the stumps. He is halfway off the pitch. Adam Zampo has come down from the changer and is about to walk on the ground. And he's looked up at the screen and laughed and turned back around and walked back to his crease. This was seven for 101, chasing 292. So I wrote this down at the time thinking, okay, we're not going to win, but this will be one of the moments they'll look back on. Then at seven for 112, Maxwell gets dropped on 33 by Majib. So Majib drops him the simplest of catches. He snatches at it. I, again, wrote this down and I thought, I'm not going to need this, but I'll write it down anyway. Now, if I fast forward, there's a couple other moments I want to talk about, but if I fast forward to the end, Majib is the one who bowled to him when he hit the winning run. So isn't that amazing how it comes full circle? But at 7 for 237, Maxwell was 147 off 101 deliveries. He takes a single. He stops after he takes a single and gets a full body cramp. Once he gets there, it was incredible to watch. It's like a lightning shock went through him. Um, I remember thinking, he's probably going to have to retire hurt here. Like, we're, it's going to be an incredible chase. We're not going to get there, but... He, he somehow still manages to stay out there. He fist pumps when he retains strike at the end of over. It's, it's just incredible to watch. Uh, he took a single off the first ball of Rashid Khan's last over, and it, it meant that he would be on strike come the next over. That's how he was thinking uh, in the moment, just so smart the way he played it. And, again, the Ian Smith's commentary, it was one of the most incredible sporting events and finishes I've ever seen. 
It was stand and deliver. For the last 50 or 60 runs, he couldn't run. So it was either zero, four or six. Oh, it is one of the most remarkable things. If you haven't watched it, you have to tune back in and watch the highlights of this game. Um, oh, it'd be hard-pressed to ever find a greater innings in one-day cricket history. No, and, and it's been uh, it's been plauded as simply that. It is the greatest one-day innings of all time. And I got up this morning and watched uh, watched the mini and watched the innings, and I, you see him standing there not being able to move. All he can do is swing the bat and he's still putting it 10 rows back. Yeah. It, it was just incredible. And you take all that into account, and he wins the game for his team as well. When he comes in, it's, as you said, 7 for 91, he came to the, you know, 7 for 91 when Pat Cummins come in. Yeah. The skipper made only 12 runs, and he, he faced 68 deliveries. 68 deliveries. He played his role to a T. That is the example of playing your role, your team role, to a T. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Mitch Stark came in before him and got given out, didn't even hit the ball. It hit yep. the off stump and yep. then was caught behind. He didn't review it because he wasn't sure He didn't if whether he hit it or not. Now, that's because it hit the stump and that's what he heard. Mm. I just remember thinking, well, this is not their day. Like, if things like this are going against you... But then when Majeev dropped him at seven for one twelve, I did have a slight thought. I wonder what like I wonder what the odds are. Like we're in no chance. But I mean, look what's just happened. Surely he hasn't put down the catch that's gonna cost him the game. And he certainly did that. It's his um yeah, it's the greatest innings. We're not gonna see one better than that. And it means that we're gonna be in the top three position. We're going to play South Africa in the in the second semifinal. Uh, but what it also means, unfortunately, for Afghanistan is it pretty much ends their tournament. If they yes. had have won that last night, it would have been destiny in their hands to make the semifinals. And you never know with Afghanistan if they make the semifinals what that bowling attack can do. And um, Yeah, I'm not sure many of them would have slept last night. That's, no. that's certainly well, not one, of the, one of the great... Well, it's not really a choke because Maxwell's performance was, was well and truly over the top. Did you stay up and watch it? Uh, if you did, give us your thoughts on the Adjust Quality Home Improvers open line. Experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. That's the open line. Or text in 0427 154 And uh, we're also here thanks to Era Gear. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. So did you sit up like men's and watch it all the way through or did you do like me, get up in the morning and watch the mini and uh, what an incredible performance from Glenn Maxwell. I just don't think we'll... I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. Like the, the largest chasing total at uh, Wanketi Stadium was 283. Yeah. So they surpassed that as well. He nearly did it all on his, all on his side. Just, <laughs> 201 off 128 deliveries. It was just crazy. Yeah, I, it, it yeah it, it's one of the best things we'll see. The World Cup keeps delivering. There's been special moments all the way through, surprise wins, but, jeez, uh, that's going to take some beating. Um, even, a, even an Australian victory is not going to surpass that performance. All right, time for the good oil. Thanks to Cobram Estate. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Men's, what you got for me? Yeah, Bonds, I did a bit of research last night while I was watching this game and I've got a massive call to make tonight. Uh, I think that India have been so dominant in this World Cup and they are going to leave it to come down to a coin toss to decide their fate 
simply because of the poor and completely one-sided conditions in Mumbai. Now, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, the Australian game last night was in Mumbai. The first semi-final is next Wednesday, a week away, yes. also in Mumbai. Yes. And it's the top team that plays there, which is India. So they will probably play New Zealand. Now, if New Zealand finish fourth, if you win the toss next Wednesday night, you will win the game. I'm planning to simply putting it down to that. If New Zealand win the toss, they will have Bolt, Southie and Henry come out in the second innings when it is hooping around like it did. Now, look, Australia shouldn't have won the game last night. You're not going to see another innings from a Maxwell-like player uh, again. But this is my point. If India lose the toss next week, they will lose the World Cup, which is incredible fixturing and conditions. And I believe that they are every chance to cost themselves the unlosable World Cup. And I've got some statistics to back it up. These are the four games, and I'm surprised this hasn't been talked about more, in Mumbai so far this tournament. So the first one, England took on South Africa. England bowled out for 170 in reply. So South Africa batted first and made 399. England was 7 for 84 after 15 overs. Impossible conditions to bat in. They made 170. The next game, South Africa batted first, 5 for 382. Bangladesh in reply, 6 for 81 after 22 overs. Impossible conditions. They made 233. So it shows like Maxwell, if you get through the initial period, which is so hard to do, you will be able to make a score, which is why I had confidence that he potentially could do it Mm. last night. Third game, India played Sri Lanka. India made 357. In reply, Sri Lanka are 8 for 29 after 13 overs. Impossible conditions. They make 55. The next game, Australia versus Afghanistan, they make 291. We are 7 for 91 after those 16 overs. We end up obviously going on to win the game. So what that tells me is in the first 20 overs of these four games in reply, teams have been 7 for 84, 6 for 81, 8 for 29 and 7 for 91. If you win the toss in the first semi final, you bat first, you make 300, you win the game. It's, it's true. And it comes just at that dusk point. And we've seen it at Adelaide Oval. In a test match with a pink ball, the dust conditions, the ball starts hooping, it moves off the deck, and it's almost impossible to play. You're right. But this is only in Mumbai in India, yes, though. Correct. In the other In the other correct. stadiums and the other pitches and the other conditions... It's not as bad. You, you bat second, you've got Dewey to work with. Mm. It's actually really nice. So what I'm saying is it's a scheduling, uh, not issue, but factor here, that potentially India have been by far the best team in this tournament and this is what might cost them a World Cup. If we fast forward a week from now and they bat second bonds, there will be so many angry Indian supporters because they'll lose the game. They will. They might. Well, that was Menzer's Good Oil thanks to Copper and Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first gold pressed in northern Victoria. Uh, big show tonight. Um, Scotty Ninnis is going to join us later in the show, the assistant coach for the Adelaide 36ers and had the best flat top in basketball for a long <laughs> long time and uh, also we've got a new segment coming up very soon a movie of the week every wednesday we are going to recommend a movie yeah whether it be a sports movie or just a just a general movie and go see this and we'll give you our recommendation so every wednesday movie of the week and looking forward to doing that um uh thanks to lumo energy Switch to the affirmative, join Lumo Energy today and Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Men's, um, before we uh, go to a break, uh, Redback score? Yeah, stumps on day three. So the Redbacks made 359 on their first knock. Queensland 238, 238 in reply. We're eight for 131 in our second inning. So not ideal, but what it's meant is we're 252 runs in front of Queensland. They only made 238 in their first mm. inning. So on the Gabba wicket that is a little bit bowler friendly, I think that's enough. It's almost enough.
Yeah. Another another 20 or 30 would be really handy. But <sighs> it would be very handy. But I'm going to back in our bowlers that we're not going to concede 250 tomorrow on day four and we'll be able to get the win over Queensland. Go the Redbacks. Back soon. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Bonds and Men's with you. You can be part of the show. one 736 736 That is the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. Or text 0427154166. Did you watch the cricket last night? Did you see? Tell us what you think about Maxie's unbelievable performance. Men's, we've got another new segment. We're bringing these in all across the summer. We are. And now it's time for Movie of the Week. And when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. So every Wednesday, men's we're going to give our uh, our oh, just a couple of movies that people can watch over the summer. Thanks to Tire Power, holiday getaway sale is on now with huge value on selected Falcon passenger and SUV tires. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, no, you can go first. That's a great stinger, by the way. Oh, just something I whipped up in my lunchtime. Um, I've I've picked a, a, a bit of an old movie, but it's a classic for me. Um, it's called Hoosiers, and it stars Gene Hackman. Um, and uh, he's a basketball, disgraced college basketball coach that ends up in a small country town to coach the high school basketball team. Um, and it's based on a true story. Uh, Milan High uh, won the 1954 title, and the star player there, his name was Bobby Plump. <laughs> so they didn't they didn't go with Bobby Plump. They changed the name of uh, the bit their best player to Jimmy Chitwood. And um, it's just a it's just a good feel good story. Uh, it's got uh, one of the players' dads is a former coach and former player, and he's a drunk and it's played by Dennis Hopper. But great movie. And uh, here's the trailer. Hoosiers, they needed a second chance to finish first. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the championship game. You're not the new coach. Are you expecting somebody different? <laughs> Younger. Both incredible and improbable confrontation. Well, those of you who don't know, my name is Norman Dale. I coached college ball for 10 years, but it's been 12 years since I've blown this. In the illustrious history of the Indiana High School basketball tournament. That's a hell of a team you had there. You knew that team? I know everything there is to know about the greatest game ever invented. But the pint size is hardly big enough for three syllables. Hickory Huskers, enrollment 64. Out of here right now. You kicking me out? Yes. Don't come back until you learn to keep your mouth shut and listen. Take on the defending state champions, the Mighty Bears of South Bend Central, already calling this the game of the century. I've seen them, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days. News people from all over the Middle West are here to witness Hoosierland's version of the Cinderella story. It's got to work out this time. Or my boys only know basketball farming in school. A basketball hero around here is treated like a god. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, 
I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. I love you guys. Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey, Dennis Hopper, Hoosiers. They needed a second chance to finish first. A bit old school, but a great movie. What do you got for us, Ben? No, I like it. And uh, Hoosiers, where can, you, where can we watch that, Bonds? Uh, on Amazon Prime at the moment. Yes, I like that. So, again, basketball very much relevant. Mine is relevant as well. With the Melbourne Cup being yesterday, I've gone with the Cup. Uh, that is... A movie based on the 2002 Melbourne Cup. Uh, Stephen Curry stars as Damien Oliver. His brother passes away only days before the Melbourne Cup. His father also uh, unfortunately suffered the same fate decades before. So it's an emotional story. Brendan Gleeson is Dermot Well, uh, Dermot Well, the trainer. Let's have a listen to the trailer here. I was the one out there riding professionally. I was the one following in our dad's footsteps. Right in the middle of my dream run, my little brother races past and leaves me in his dust. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. Jockey of the Year for a record fourth time, Damien Oliver. Dad, this is for you. The Melbourne Cup still astonishes people. It is still the race that stops the nation. And for that matter, the entire racing world. A horse is a creature of habit. Any deviation in a horse's training will have a significant impact. You're the one who can get the most out of my horse. Bam, buddy, tested. <laughs> the horse is unstoppable. With the right jockey, the media puzzle could win the Melbourne Cup. Let's see what you got. There you go, the right jockey, and the right jockey it was indeed. Damien Oliver on Media Puzzle, the 2002. It's a great movie. It's on stand, so you can watch it there, and Netflix as well, Bonds. Have you seen The Cup? I have seen The Cup. It's been a few years. I might go watch it again. Oh, they do it really well. I think yes. it's hard to make a horse racing movie, to be honest. But, um, yeah, terrific job there, and definitely uh, 2011 it's from, so watch out for that one. So there are two movies of the week, and we'll do this every Wednesday. Hoosiers... Uh, or Hoosiers and the Cup. Um, good start. It's a, yeah, it's a nice start. We might have a little theme around it too, obviously, with the yes. Melbourne Cup being run yesterday. We'll have a think about it next week. But uh, tune in next Wednesday night for our movie of the week. Men's, I can also let you know that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to America's biggest footy game. It's worth over $70,000 to shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12. And you're in with a chance to win. T's and C's apply. Scotty Nennis is coming up very shortly on the show and we've still got lots more. We're going to talk about uh, Netherlands taking on England as well. Yeah, the, the wooden spoon battle, that one. The wooden so, spoon. <laughs> yeah, look, it'd be great to see the England, the Poms, get knocked off again by the Dutch. I don't see it happening, though. On the other side of this, we'll speak to the assistant coach of the 36ers, Scott Nennis. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. And don't forget, you can be part of the show. one 736 736 is the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. Or give us a text on 0427 
154166. If you stayed up and watched the cricket last night, like men's who's starting to fall asleep, um, <laughs> let us know. And uh, yeah, it was amazing stuff. But men's, we've got uh, the man himself, the legend of the Adelaide Always 36 as an assistant him. coach. Thanks to mate, fair dinkum internet uh, without the fuss. Welcome to Sports ASA, Scotty Ninnis. Ninny, welcome, mate. Oh, oh stop it, boys. But, uh, <laughs> look, I'll, t- I'll take all the accolades. Uh, don't worry about that. But uh, thanks for having me. Nice to be on, as always. Um, yes. Bit of a disappointment on the weekend, obviously, but uh, we, we live to fight another day. Uh, what are the positives that came out of that game against Perth? Oh, look, I, I found it to be one of the one of the most frustrating games I've, I've ever been involved in. We it was such a game of momentum. You know, we, we you know, they got a lead. We, you know, we got a good lead. They got up by twenty in the in, in the third quarter. We go on a twelve zero run and get our you know get back into the game, and, and then to yeah, unfortunately not be able to go on with it was uh, was was really disappointing. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously we had. Some in-game issues with with a couple of players, uh, with, with a lovely bout of gastro that's roared its way through uh, well, the coaching staff as well. Not me, thankfully, but um, during this week as well. So we, you know, we were without Jacob Wiley in, in the second half, and, and Jason Gaddy got sort of struck down towards the end of the game as well. But I think to me the positives out of that, if, if you if you can find them, was. You know, Alex Starling got to you know got to play some minutes that he hasn't over the last few weeks, and, and I thought it was fantastic. And, and Torhey Smith Milner, you know, chimed in and played some extended minutes and shot the ball particularly well. So it, it's always about that next opportunity. Um, you know, you're always going to have problems with it be injury, foul trouble, or, or in this case, I guess gastro. But um, you know those those guys putting their hand up that they're ready to take the next step was uh, was really encouraging. I was going to ask you about Alex Starling because I thought his performance to step up in the in the loss with the loss of Jacob Wiley, I thought clearly the best game he's played for the club. Oh, absolutely! And, and look, I'm completely biased having coached him you know, in the NBL one at South Adelaide for the last two years. I just know what a yeah, what a competitor he is, and, and I was talking about this with someone today. You know, the guy's 34 years old, you know, a rookie in the NBL, and has has basically sat there for for over an hour and is able to come on and still play at that same level that he always does, and diving on the floor for loose balls and you know rebounding head and shoulders above everyone else. And, and yeah, I, I was really happy for him because it has been a bit of a frustrating time, you know, not getting the minutes. Uh, that he he would like, obviously, um, but he certainly put his hand up that uh, you know he's ready to go no matter what the situation is uh, in any game. Scotty, I want to ask you about a couple of stats over the last uh, four matches in particular. So the last four games the Thirty Sixers have played, we've lost a turnover battle in all four games. So twelve to six in the one on the weekend, thirteen to ten against the Wildcats in our win, twenty three to ten against the Breakers, and twelve to six. In our other game, our other loss, uh, has that been talked about? How we take care of the ball a little bit more? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, we've had some. Uh, you, you know, we, we've we've the turnover count a little bit better than, than what it once was. Obviously, when you start talking in the twenties, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. You're not going to win too many games when you're throwing the ball that way that much. The other. I guess really concerning stat for us is how many times we're giving up offensive rebounds. And, you know, for the most part, 
you know, of this season. Defensively, we've been pretty good, but you know, against Perth on on, on Saturday night, we get up nine offensive balls in the first quarter alone, and I, I don't know if I've ever even heard of that before. Yeah. And by halftime, it's fifteen and it's twenty-one for the game. So you're just giving them more and more opportunities. They end up having twenty more shots in the game than us. You know, it's just. Those sorts of things, you know, are heartbreaking. You know, you, you just it's something we've got to correct. It's something uh, we speak about regularly. And, you, you know, I think when you talk about rebounding, for the most part, most people just think it's, that's your big guys, that's their department, they need to take care of it. But the way the game's evolved over the last three years, it's so much more premier orientated. And there's so many, many more three-pointers that are taken these days. So... You now start talking about long rebounds, so it, collectively it's on the entire team, and and the guards are equally as important as the big guys. So it's it's an area that you know we we haven't been able to correct yet, but uh, it's something we need to if we're going to make any noise at all this year. So then, just on that, is that how we stop teams from scoring? Because again, our last two losses, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix scored 102, the Wildcats 99. Yeah, in our wins, we keep the Wildcats to 78 and the Breakers to just 85. So is it the rebounds and the turnovers the main factor in stopping the opposition from putting a score on the on the board? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's um, once again we've, you know, we you, you know we talk about. I'm not just asking anyone talks about, you know, what what your identity is as a team and and what sort of culture you have and identity wise, you know, sort of felt for the most part that it was becoming a defensive one. We were able to keep teams. You know, in the 80s, and then you give yourself, you know, every opportunity to win that game. Unfortunately, earlier on, we were keeping teams in the 80s, but we couldn't couldn't get out of the 70s ourselves. So, um, you know, when, when you have a defensive mindset and, and you're able to do that and stop teams and then give up those offensive rebounds in particular, it's it is it is deflating. It's you know it's sort of and then they score out of that. So you've done everything right for 20 seconds, made a team shoot a tough shot and then they get an you know get an open shot which invariably they they make up offensive rebounds. So yeah, we, we, we speak about it regularly. Um you know it was a point of emphasis in particular uh, yesterday at training and, and it's something we need to correct as a group. Want to ask you about training this week leading into Saturday's Saturday night's game against the Jackies. Uh how how has it been and has that gastro now gone from the group? Is it well and truly passed by? Well, yesterday was exciting because both CJ and Craig Simpson were out of training. So, uh, old mate, uh, myself had to take training yesterday. So oh, you would have loved uh, that. Bit... Oh, I loved it, mate. Ranted <laughs> and raved. There was TV cameras everywhere. There was NBA <laughs> scouts in the stands. So I was strutting up and down like I was the man again. But uh, no, it's it's uh, yes, yeah, very fortunately just a just a. Just a fill in there, but uh, yeah, uh, had some conversation with CJ earlier. He's still flat, but he's over the gastro, so he'll be out again tomorrow. And, and Craig Simpson, our other assistant coach, is in the same boat. But it's we're probably fortunate that it didn't hit more of the players, to be honest with you. So yeah, we obviously had well, Jacob Wiley. <laughs> we, we had a lot of trouble with, and he he wasn't able to fly back with us from Perth. He, he was wow. that crook, and and. And, uh, you know, Kadee, it's it certainly knocked him about as well. And, you know, I haven't seen CJ or, or, or Craig for the, for the last three days. So we're probably fortunate. Obviously, it was a pretty 
you know, pretty pretty bad strain of it. So, yeah, thankfully it hasn't gone any further than that, and hopefully we've seen the end of it now and, uh, you know, can hit the game running on Saturday night. So we'll just amend that. We're currently chatting with 36's head coach, Scott Ninnis, at the moment. <laughs> uh, Scotty, the Jack Jumpers on Saturday nights. We know that the crowd turns up here in Adelaide. to be a great atmosphere then. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix the following Friday. A nice couple of back-to-back games at home to... We mentioned it last night on the show, only a game outside of that top six. So to really catapult yourself back up that ladder. Yeah, it has. It's been such a strange year with, with anyone being able to beat anyone, which which has been good for us. We obviously, you know, you no one wants to start, you know, three and six like, like we have. But there's been so many upsets along the way. And, and apart from Melbourne United, who themselves got beat on Monday night as well, it's it's been pretty open, so that that has been a good thing, you know, to be still in one of those teams in the mix. To you know, you just need to get get your stuff sorted out and and you know, hopefully make a run in the right direction. But you know, the Jack Jumpers are one of those teams where if you're not ready to go against them, you're going to get beaten. They're, they're tough as nails. They're they're disciplined. They're they're really really well coached, but. Yeah, once again, it's nice to be home, let me tell you that. Like, we've been to Brisbane, we've been to Perth twice, we've been to Sydney, we've been to New Zealand. So to be in our own bed for a a couple of weeks straight is is pretty exciting. But uh, it certainly doesn't get any easier from from a game standpoint. Obviously, Tassie, uh, as I've just talked about, are are really good. We get the Phoenix coming in here next week, who... We've just signed Daniel Johnson. So, yeah, I was going to uh, ask you about that too. We get, we get him coming to town, so uh, that's uh, <laughs> you know he'll want to come in here and, and perform well. And, and I'm a, to be honest with you, I'm I'm a little bit surprised it's taken this long for him to pick up a gig. You know, we all know the you know how good a player he's been for such a long period of time and, and I was fortunate enough to coach him at the NBL one level this year as well and uh, it's exciting to have him back in the league not so exciting to have him come back and play against us in a week's time but uh, uh, no I'm, I'm stoked for him and, and hopefully it uh, leads on to more than just a short-term contract for him. I want to ask you about DJ was there when decided to get rid of uh, an import and there was room for DJ to come into the lineup. Was there talk amongst the club about possibly getting DJ back into the roster this year? No, not really. I think a lot of this, you know, a lot of the stuff with him happened before I, I came on board and, and um, you know, I think that, you know, both parties, you know, moved on from each other, um, you know, in, in the off-season and uh, look, I, as I said, I'm, I'm a massive rap for him. I, you know, I've watched what he's been able to do on a consistent basis for the club for the last 10 years. And uh, I'd, I'd have him in a heartbeat. I'd, 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 I love him. And, you know, six or 11 guys that can shoot the ball like him don't grow on trees. But I, I think, you know, I think that, you know, that, that thing had moved on, uh, for, as I said, for, for both parties. And, uh, you know, there was talk that DJ was going to go overseas. And, and I believe he was overseas just recently, but it didn't... Uh, didn't pan out for whatever reason. So, no, it wasn't really sort of any conversation about him, you know, maybe stepping into the breach. And um, let's just hope that that doesn't come back to bite us on the backside next weekend. (laughs) Scotty, just before we let you go, I asked you last time about the NBA and you mentioned about Bonds' Celtics, that they look very nice this year. I just wanted to ask you about James Harden heading to the Clippers and how that's going to work with Kawhi, Harden, Paul George and Russell Westbrook. 
all in the same team? Well, it's not going to work. Let's, let's be <laughs> frank. That. Anyone anyone that thinks that Harden and Westbrook, you know, the, you know two ball-dominant guys, you know, and there's two other guys in the team that are better than those two, you know, like I, I just don't, I just don't understand how some of these uh, NBA GMs look back and go, well, that that's going to work. So, um, you know, especially when, you know, you're not talking about guys you're bringing in who have got, you know, a lot of championship success. You know, they've got, they've got none. But, uh, you, you know, I, I personally don't see how it's going to work. I'm a huge rep for, for Leonard. I think what he's done... Um, over the years, we've seen it with San Antonio and, and Toronto is out and out superstar. Him, you know, being able to stay healthy as well. But uh, I just think that's going to be a ticking time bomb. It's uh, bring out the popcorn, boys. We'll yes. sit back and watch that, and see see what happens with that. But uh, to me, that 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 doesn't uh, doesn't equal championship success. I'm happy to be prove proven wrong, but uh, we will see. I think the rest of the world is with you there, Ninny. Hey, what about uh, Scott Ninnis Premium Wine Tours? Are they on a bit of a hiatus at the moment while you're in the assistant coach's chair, or uh, are you still keeping oh, that running? Absolutely not. No, it's uh, I've had the business going for 11 years now, and uh, knowing how fickle the Basel world can be, uh, yeah, I could be back in that chair uh, <laughs> you know, in a year, two years, or five years' time. Who knows? But uh, no, I've... I've I've got a guy, JR, who's who's driven for me over the last seven, eight years, who's running all the tours during the course of the NBL season. And it's been it's been quite exciting. You know, probably the last month it it almost seems like it's it's back to normal, you know, like a yes. little thing called COVID uh buggered up a lot of us in the tourism industry. But um, you know, we we've had I've had JR out to the Barossa and the Clarenville four or five days a week for the last uh, last month, which is really really exciting. So, uh, I, I tell you what, I miss sitting sitting. Uh, even though I can't taste wine during by myself when I'm doing tours for obvious reasons, but I just miss sitting there looking at the vineyards in a stress free life rather than uh, you know ranting and raving on the sideline during an NBL game. So uh, it's. Uh, I look forward to the off season to get back up uh, and see all my friends in the Bross and McLaren Vale, but uh, yeah, wouldn't change it for anything. Nini, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Great to have a chat with you again, and um, good luck on Saturday night against the Jack Jumpers. And uh, we'll get the win there, and then uh, knock off the Phoenix. We own one. Sounds good to me. Thanks, Scotty. Scott Ninnis there, assistant coach with the Adelaide 36ers, and he was brought to us by Mate. Score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr weldie with Mate. What's a weldie, men's? Is that just a goal? Yeah, well, a weldie is an unbelievable goal. Unbelievable world, goal. Yeah, a worldwide goal. It worldwide goes around the goal. world. It goes around the world. Yep. Weldie. Yep. I don't mind that. Yeah, it's a great call. Um, <laughs> as was uh, Scotty Ninnis' call there on the Clippers. He also, when Woods was with me a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned that the Celtics were his, his pick this year. He likes what they've done. So Smart man, Scott. Yeah, yeah well, he is. He's very... Well, how interesting, though, um, as he mentioned, Daniel Johnson. Mm. Um, he's a legend of the Adelaide 36ers. Had a, a bit, not a falling out, but CJ and him just it didn't work. So he was going to move on. He had a contract in Japan. Yeah, went to Japan. That didn't happen for whatever reason. So terms couldn't be agreed to. So he came back to Adelaide. I know he's been working pretty hard yep. in the gym yep. by himself, and uh, all of a sudden there's an injury and. 
DJ's back in the league. You've always got to be ready. And uh, and we find that in, in particularly international sports. In in the NFL, if you're a running back or and you don't have a contract, you've got to keep yourself ready because as soon as an injury pops up, you get that opportunity. And Scotty mentioned it. It's a fickle, fickle sport. And uh, yeah, you could be in and out in an instant, which we've seen with DJ. You could. It's time for Lost in the Wash. Thanks to Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear, workwear, Toolkit Depot, everything you need under the one roof. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear in-store or online. And time for our ODI World Cup update. Henley Homes, new design with drop prices, all the luxuries and now seven-star energy efficiency. Bonds, you know what tonight's game is about? (laughs) The bottom of the ladder. It is. It's the wooden spoon for the ODI World Cup, which is between England and the Netherlands. Now, again, you would not have picked that at the start of the World Cup, that England would be potentially uh, going to win the wooden spoon. If they lose to the Netherlands tonight, they will finish on rock bottom of the table because their net run rate will just be far too poor, even if they can get a win in their last game. But uh, surely, surely they beat the Netherlands. In the words of uh, Kelly Underwood, come on the orange team. (laughs) (laughs) That is brilliant. That is well inserted. I I love that. We just need them to do the right thing and knock off the palms. It would be a glorious day in Australia. It would. And look, can it happen? They're playing in Pune. It's a a game that the last match that was there was between Sri Lanka and Afghanistan. Now, in that game, Sri Lanka made 241. Afghanistan chased them down three for 242. It was a game where it was a reasonable batting wicket, but it was one for more the pace bowlers rather than the spinners. Yes. So who does that suit? I mean, probably England. I mean, they've, they've got some bowlers in David Willey who um, he has some nice off-speed deliveries. I think that will suit him the most. Not so much a Mark Wood potentially. No. but um, Wokes and Willey. Wokes certainly guys. is the other yeah. one. It's a good point. So Netherlands got a couple of nice medium to fast paces that – will fancy themselves on that wicket. But um, you would think that with England with nothing to lose, you would think that one game they'll come out and whether it's a Ben Stokes or whether it's... Look, I think Bairstow, he's been so poor. I would not be surprised if he comes out tonight and makes 60 or 70. Um, Not dissimilar to Joe Root. After his first couple of innings, he hasn't made a run in this World Cup. No pressure anymore. It's everything is lost. I would expect England to come out and absolutely pummel the the Dutch tonight. But look, we've seen some interesting things in this tournament so far. So if uh, that game will be done, and then it's the next few matchups, the next few days, where we'll find out who's going to make the semi-finals and who's going to play in it. And it will start with New Zealand taking on Sri Lanka, which uh, is Thursday night tomorrow night. I still like the Kiwis. Yeah. I, I still think uh, I still think they take that fourth spot. Well, destiny's in their hands. They're sitting yeah. in fourth position right now. With Afghanistan losing the unlosable game last night to Australia, it means that their chances are pretty much dented. Their, their net run rate is point, minus 0.338. New Zealand's comparable is 0.398 in the positive. So they're not going to be able to make it's it up. It's a big margin. It's, a, it's too, big a, too great a margin. If New Zealand win... Afghanistan is out, uh, and Pakistan will more than likely be out unless they have an unbelievable result. So if New Zealand win, they'll more than likely finish in that fourth position, which would take on India. If they don't, then South Africa plays Afghanistan Friday night. That would be a great game if uh, New Zealand do get toppled by Sri Lanka. Uh, Pakistan still a chance they play England in the last uh, second last game Saturday night. So there's a few teams that can still make the top four, but uh, it is shaping up beautifully for the semi-finals, which will start Wednesday night in uh, Mumbai. The fear for England, though, men's is going into this game, they are expected to win this game. So the, the, 
and that there would be pressure on them all of a sudden. Yeah. We should beat these guys. And if if the start of the game doesn't go the way they want it to go. Yeah. For example, if they bat first and lose three in the in the power play. Yep. It'll be nerves in that change room. There will be, but I think there won't be as much as there was against the Australians. I think that the reigning World Cup champions, again, you can't lose to Australia. That would have been the talk in the dressing rooms. The pressure certainly would have been there, and we saw that. Whereas I just feel like with guys like Ben Stokes, who are pretty laid back, and he was in his post-match interview the other day, I feel like with Ben Stokes, it's almost who gives the stuff now. Like we're out, we've won it last time. It doesn't really matter. Nothing to lose attitude now. That's exactly what I feel like will be the case. Maybe not Joe Root because mm. there will be. He's a, we know he's a little bit more of an anxious character, but I just feel like the shackles will be off tonight, and I feel like England will therefore be far too good. Um, but again, we've seen some massive upsets in this World Cup so far. So go the orange team. Great call there. <laughs> go the orange team. Um, a quick community update, men's. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warning, warnings online at SA. Uh, sorry, South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update was poorly read. And, <laughs> and thanks to Firecoat, the first paint proven to protect properties in high-risk fire conditions available at Bunnings Warehouse. Bonds, we've got three minutes before we're out of here tonight. Yes. So we had a movie of the week. Uh, Went all right, I thought. Yeah, I liked them. Both good movies. Um, so definitely have a watch and we'll bring you the movie of the week every Wednesday. It made me think a couple of good sports documentaries and, and mm. these might not necessarily make the movie of the week, but I'm watching Ted Lasso at the moment. Uh, yes. So it's it's not a real documentary, but it is about sports and... Um, Great series. It's won some awards. So yes. have you watched it in totality? Uh, no, I'm in the middle of series... Uh, series three. Yep. Yes. So I'm, I've just started, so I'm really looking forward to working my way through that. But it, it made me think about what other sports documentaries are out there that are great watches and... Welcome to Wrexham's one that I don't mm -hmm. know if you've watched that. Lionsy, the producer, is all it. over it. Uh, have you seen Welcome to Wrexham? No, I haven't. Got to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so it's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. They buy Wrexham FC and try and get them promoted. I've never seen a documentary done like this before. Normally when they do a sports documentary, it's all about the sport and the club, but they actually have parodies throughout. They bring so much about the community and uh, they have their sponsors in it. I love the way they've done it and it is well worth a watch. Um, so that is a great one. Drive to Survive, the F1 is as good as it comes. Is there any that you've watched or that spring to mind? One that I watched years ago uh, was a bit confronting, but it was excellent. It's a 30... 30 for 30. Yeah, great. And it's on Chris Heron, who used to play basketball for the 36ers, became addicted to um, medication. Yeah. Uh, opioids. Yes. And uh, such to a point where pre-game, during the warm-up, he went out of the stadium in his uniform to get drugs oh, off his dealer. So it's, it's confronting, but unbelievably good. That's it. I mean, that sounds unbelievable. It actually triggered in my mind another sports documentary, which I believe is on Netflix, called Bad Sport. And that is yeah, about... A bit of that yeah, so there's different ones there. Hansi Kronje is in one of them. But mm. the one that springs to mind is the college basketballer who's the point guard. 
and effectively he shaved point shaves and 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 plays to the line um, so that a gambler can get up and it's well worth a watch as well. It's um, it ruined his career unfortunately, so it is disappointing. But um, it's just so interesting to see how how things happened um, mm. and for the good, but also in the negative situations as well. Yeah, that Chris Heron one's called Unguarded. If you want to have a look at that one, hey men's uh, got about thirty seconds left. Uh, what do you got on tonight? Just home to look after the bubs. Yeah, I'll be going to bed a little bit earlier tonight. <laughs> I don't think England and Netherlands will quite go down to the wire like Australia and Afghanistan did. So yeah, I'll go home to look after Bailey and uh, a quieter night. How about yourself? Uh, I'll go home. I'm going to watch a bit of the Strikers, I think. So I'll watch yeah. the the WBBL and uh, I'll watch all of that, and then I'll uh, nod off somewhere. And, uh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, no, nah, hopefully that one's not as close as last night as well. We're in some good form, the Strikers women's team. Should we do it again tomorrow? We will do it all again tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks, Lindsay. See you, everyone.